Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... This episode of the Children's Book Podcast is sponsored by 12 by 12. Picture book authors need to be fairly prolific to be published. That's why members of 12 by 12 aim to write one picture book draft a month. Through an online forum, monthly webinars, a private Facebook group, and more, members enjoy the accountability, support, and motivation of a fantastic community of authors and illustrators. Visit 12by12challenge.com slash membership for more information. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I definitely wholeheartedly agree. And I, I'm happy to hear, like, whenever I hear such things, it makes my heart flutter. Because <laughs> wow. it shows, right? It's not always a bad things or negative things but you know there's always good things that can come also to be part of yeah this is the children's book podcast episode number 670 i'm your host matthew winner today i'm welcoming to the podcast soyeon kim illustrator of once upon an hour sukak and the raven you are never alone and a last goodbye Soyeon's diorama illustrations are unlike anything I've ever seen in picture books before. Each built within a wooden frame and with individual components illustrated, cut out, and then suspended with fishing line. It's breathtaking and whimsical. And when we're all able to travel again, I am making it a priority to see her art in person. I think you'll want to as well once you hear this conversation. Please welcome my guest, Soyeon Kim, illustrator of Once Upon an Hour. Hello, my name is Soyeon Kim. My pronouns is um, her or she. Um, I'm a children's book illustrator for uh, a lot of, well, seven books in total so far. But I started with the UR Stardust, which I um use diorama techniques to create my artwork and i am a korean born canadian illustrator who lives in toronto ontario canada is representing tonight (laughs) nice to talk to my friends in canada i've had a lot of friends from canada on the podcast recently it just so happens um so i'm so glad you're here and you mention we're gonna talk i know we're gonna end up talking about uh ellen mm-hmm. kelsey uh, yes. a lot in this conversation <laughs> which is wonderful but if i could yes. please and also your most recent book once upon mm-hmm. an hour of course yes but i would love to say that mm-hmm. the first time i 
I think really started noticing the work you did may have been right around the same time for me personally reading yeah. You Are Never Alone, which Ellen Kelsey mm-hmm. wrote. And then yes. also reading Sukak and the Raven by yes. Roy Goose and Carrie McCluskey that you similarly illustrated. And both mm-hmm. of those were just so wondrous and beautiful. And I have been this funny story <laughs> of someone, an editor, a publicist, someone who works yep. at Owl Kids who originally even started to connect you and I. Said oh, me, yes. Said to me, Matthew, you know that she does all of that is hanging from like fishing <laughs> like thin thin pieces of thread and i said you're kidding me it can't no it can't be and i said i thought that was just an effect and she was like no no no, look again um and sure enough um mm-hmm. to really be able to i mean i think i've i was just pulled in so deeply at that that diorama quality that i just never even realized these are all suspended you are literally suspending a moment and capturing <laughs> a moment on each page turn of your books. It's exceptional mm-hmm. work, exceptional work. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, it is not a easy work and it does take a very long time. You do not make I, it look we... easy. You make it look <laughs> thought out and, and careful and precise. Oh, thank you. I even saw it on, on your website. I'm sorry, I'm cutting yeah. you off. No, 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 it's okay. Sorry, uh, sorry. I was just going to say that on your website, mm-hmm. you have... Right on the front page, you have that you had done um, a, a, a display, a gallery display, or a window display, or, or something that there were people yes. looking outside of the building, looking in, and I, I thought, ah, oh, now I'm getting that full depth <laughs> of what you're making or a sample of, and it just, it's it's mm-hmm. wonderful what you what you do. What, how I don't even know where to go from here. I just sort of want to be a fan, but maybe mm-hmm. I can first ask why. What drew you to using this medium in children's books? Or maybe this is the art you were making and some publisher f- brought you into children's books. I don't know. What, what's your journey into making books for children? Yes. Um, so I do have a special story on how I started become working as an illustrator for children's picture book. Is um, I actually did create a diorama art style before. Um, I became an illustrator for children's books when, while I was in my uh, university years. And um, my so I, I, maybe I'll start how I started creating the artwork and how I got into wow. the illustration um, of the children's books. But um, so I was an international student until uh, second year of university. Okay. Um, studying art in York University. And my mom and my brother decided to join me to live in Canada together. So they moved all the way from Korea with the rest of my stuff that I had from my younger years. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they, they moved to different countries so that we can all live together. And um, after the move, I had a lot of cardboard boxes that was just lying around in our home, right? Like, there were just too many because we were just unpacking. We just moved, of we're, course. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Unpacking. And then I had, on like, uh, one of the art uh, class that I was taking at 
the York University was a drawing class. And the professor like told us you can work on any project that you like. Just make sure you bring the projects on this, this date and they will we'll talk about it and then kind of see what others have created. So I was like, okay, I'm in a drawing class and if I don't want to do something too normal, like I want to do something different than just a flat two-dimensional drawing, why not just use the boxes? Because I was just like surrounded by the cardboard boxes that were just going to be recycled anyways. So that's how I started um, using a diorama art style. I was drawing on a paper, cutting them out, using the fishing string to hang them and place them inside the box. I even covered the outside of the cardboard boxes with like a craft paper to have it more like um, to hide any of things like marks that they have got, uh, received while yeah. we were moving. But with that work, I had a series of uh, story that I was telling through this character named Jane, which um, she goes through this ex expressive, like emotional journey that she goes through. And I had about three different dioramas that I created. And I also created her in a life-size, like life-size version, which was like uh, boxes that were stacked that are higher than like a person's full height, Whoa. but showing, yeah, showing a full body of her, kind of inviting us into her world with her gesture. And that's the work that I um, put together, actually applied for uh, Toronto Outdoor Art Exhibition, which happens annually during summer in Toronto, Nathan Phillips Square, right in the heart of the city. Yeah. And I was doing an outdoor show which um, I actually borrowed a black tent at the time because it was say, cheaper than a, a white tent. You're doing an outdoor show also <laughs> with things that hang from fishing wire? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I was inside a tent and I had all these um, boxes that I have made throughout my um, undergrad years. So I was in the student booth section right yeah. in the corner tucked in and um Mary Beth, who was at the editor at Owl Kids at the time, who's also a writer um, for children's picture books and young author, uh, young authors, um, she saw my work and later emailed me if I would be interested in illustrating your Stardust, oh, and that's, that's how it started. <laughs> you may you have made a number of books with mm -hmm. Ellen, and they're. They're they're beautiful. I, I think the mm -hmm. only one that I have not read, I've read, I think, almost all of your work except yes. Wild Ideas. And yes. I thought even coming into this, how perfect that, that, well, do you mind, here, do you mind if I read an excerpt from You Are Never Alone? Oh, I don't mind it at all. Please I, do. <laughs> you find in this pandemic that mm -hmm. I find that books take on different meaning when the world has a different context for you, right? Mm -hmm. Suddenly things are, are just different. My mm -hmm. children have struggled with the pandemic, have struggled with yeah. not having the social connections that they thrive on. And as much yeah. as we can try to, you know, manufacture those opportunities, nothing replaces what they had. And so anyway, mm -hmm. 
to revisit this book as I was preparing to talk to you. And oh, yeah. my 10 year old was like, how does she make the art? And I was like, <laughs> Soyeon's going to tell me. But do you see the little lines running through the page, Jonah? <laughs> but anyway, we read You Are Never Alone. And I thought, mm -hmm. what a profound comfort of a book. And so I want to read mm -hmm. the end that will yeah. take us to that line. But I think it's just beautiful. It reads, you turn to pets for support just as they count on you. Gaze into your dog's eyes and you both feel a rush of love. Just thinking about your cat soothes lonely times. You sense those wild connections. Sunshine fills you with hope. Your imagination smiles when you climb a tree. You are never alone. Feel gravity hug you tight as you twirl around the sun. Ellen, no doubt, has a beautiful gift of, of poetic language um, yes. that, that she uses in such gorgeous ways. I was mm -hmm. stunned to read um, A Last Goodbye, this beautiful yes. lament on, on saying goodbye and the way that your art, I can sense your sensibility, your voice as, as an artist um, sharing mm -hmm. in the storytelling because you bring in such beautiful whimsy that I feel Soyan is handled with such a light touch mm -hmm. that, that it doesn't overtake what, what message is trying to be carried forward. It's not as if, you know, the, 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 words are so heavy or so important that we must focus all of our attention on them, nor is it in any way like the art is, is just um, so fantastical that I, I can't even pay attention to the words, but there Thank is you. this, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I don't know that I've described it in this way before with mm -hmm. another person's work, but it, it's like ballet. It just looks <laughs> delicate. And as, as if you know that if, if this gets out of balance, it will cease to hold its magic. And yet you, you mm -hmm. quite literally do hold it in that wonderful balance. You're, you're quite gifted as an artist and to enter into that space. It's, it's just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I really enjoyed making the art, especially for the, you are never alone and a last goodbye. And it's funny how like, uh, the timing works and you know how the books may carry different feelings and om almost like a entire new message sometimes the feel of it yeah. depending on what time we live in I think and I think both books play such a strong um, it carries such a strong message and I was very fortunate to be able to meet with Ellen and to be able to illustrate her um, her book because the way that she wrote is it is just a uh, beautifully written in poetic ways that it may, it helped me to you know use that freedom to really express how I felt and how, how Ellen might have felt and how everyone might feel too right yeah yeah mm -hmm. so yeah you you've done a number of books now with Ellen in particular yes. is this how how did that come about i'd love to talk about the other books you've done but i want to make sure i, I yeah. give space to this 
beautiful mm-hmm. collaboration you have with Ellen at this point is it that you are now you know coming up with ideas together that you are seeking stories that you can work on together what 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 does that look like because it, it's a, it's it's not as if these books are sort of expressly part of a series they all stand mm-hmm. alone very distinctly yep. Yes, um, the stories were all written by Ellen first, and I think um, she always had the idea of wanting to express her ideas into a story and also kind of share that story with everyone. Yeah. And um, it started with the You Are Stardust, and I think, uh, to be honest, I think everyone was kind of afraid what it might look like because at the at the time diorama <laughs> art was such a new thing <laughs> i it's it's and it's hard to communicate the idea of how it might look like from like rough sketch to the actual fine like final yeah. art yeah. right because they are it's it's a space and then and also the fact that we actually have to take a photo and then like worry about where the text is going to be if there's gonna be enough room for bleed and everything the gutter it was just uh everyone was i think a little bit anxious at the time so i remember um bringing a tour to the end of the illustration i actually brought all of the dioramas for your stardust in the uh owl kids um office at the time and ellen was at the time visiting toronto doing some of the school visits and library talks and then once we all sat down and got to see the work everyone was very happy <laughs> Oh, which I was yeah. so relieved <laughs> and it helps to understand and visualize what the artwork might look like and how it might transfer into the illustration of the books and how it might carry to inspire other books that she might be um, pl- she was planning to do so it started with the you are stardust and wild ideas you are never alone and alas goodbye and each book has about, I, I think I want to say six to seven dioramas. And I'm not sure if you saw the cover jacket, but inside the cover jacket of this the... This is what we were talking about when I was at NCTE, <laughs> where I was like, I have unfinished copies of these books. I have never seen inside the jacket. No. Yeah. Please share them a, for those. A, yeah. Yeah. It's a hidden gem that like sometimes I we have to remind people because it's like you know sometimes you never really realize what's inside the coverage jacket so but that's where we hid all of the dioramas um, of the full dioramas in the cover jacket and some of them shows uh, what it might look like in full when put together so I think it was a great way to kind of show the artwork and how the illustration might have been made for the book. It's, I mean, it, it, it it's, it's fantastic to yeah. see, I guess any time <laughs> that we see an artist and what their process looks like is something that's mm-hmm. a really interesting thing. And there's wonder in every single different artist that makes art because you're creating Mm-hmm. something from nothing and i mean that as well with with authors as artists yeah. 
You are painting yeah. with words that didn't, that were never put together in just that way before. Mm-hmm. To, to know with, with you, with your voice as an artist, that that you are also playing with scale in such an interesting way because this is a diorama so we we can walk into it in that way you can bring things toward or back from camera and yet you still Mm -hmm. blow certain images into like (laughs) wild proportions the page that i was reading from you are not alone or the Mm -hmm. dog is just gigantic um or or I guess in a lot of your stories, I in particular think of Sukak and the mm-hmm. Raven um, yes. with just what presence that Raven has, but, mm-hmm. but also, and this may be because of the, 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 the way you're uh, photographing these pieces. Yes. There's something so textured to what you are mm-hmm. making. It's very, I think, easy to feel that this was made. Yeah. And I, I don't know. That's it's just an interesting quality. Everything is made. Everything is yes. made. I get that everything's made. And yet, when I look at yours, it's it's yeah. But I mm-hmm. I could touch that, and if I touched yeah. it, it would shake the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I don't think you want to shake it for sure. But um, it is true. It is. Um, I think the the style of the art itself is uh, a, a a lot of it is a labor base, yeah. like even like starting because I also build my own uh, wooden frames in the wood shop. So I actually learned how to use some some of the table saw, planer, jointer, yeah. <laughs> all the things that you need to uh, to build. Now those and are, um, those are also part of your tools, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, they, they are. They had to be. I was like, I'm scared, but I just got to learn. Got to do it. That's right. <laughs> Yeah, but um, but it's um, it was important to capture the art itself with a lot of texture, and we even left the string as it is, um, yeah. with the decision for to explain how art might have been made, right? Because um, we did not want to Photoshop out all of the strings then, because you never know that this was hung with the fishing string or other things, and with that way it's more of more true to the artwork too and also because i have used many different um, textured paper or even sometimes dried flowers or dry leaves we wanted to make sure to capture all of those little things that you might see if you were to see it in person i have a feeling that if you were Mm -hmm. to take out I guess via like Photoshop, if you were to take out those mm-hmm. fishing lines that for yeah. some reason you would lose something in the art. There's something yeah. about leaving them in. When I, before I had known that it was all suspended because I, again, mm-hmm. had never seen um, those process photographs, mm-hmm. I yeah. assumed that it was some texture that you were laying onto mm-hmm. the paper. And to know that, in a way it is those fishing lines are just as much a part of the compositions um yes. because they they exist there and they are part of what what holds the tension in the the picture it's mm-hmm. it's just a really interesting <laughs> thing i love it we should talk about once upon an hour 
Yes. Um, because this is your newest in and yes. you Kyung Choi. I yeah. believe this is the first time you've worked with Anne, correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, this one I worked with. So I actually, um, she, I, I actually got to meet her in person when we were doing a photo shoot of the Once Upon an Hour, but it's, um, it's actually, I don't know if I should, I should probably tell. It's actually about how it based. The story was inspired by how um, her daughter, when she was much, much younger, um, they were in a bookstore and one of the uh, sales person from the bookstore uh, mentioned how um, her daughter's name is not common to be found in a book. And then that kind of led the idea of how Anne wanted to make sure to be able to tell, you know, a story for children with books um, that include different culture names. And um, Once Upon an Hour is actually um, inspired by a Korean folk tale, which I have also grew up with when I was young uh, by my grandmother um, telling me about the story. So when I actually received the manuscript, I was really excited that I was able to oh, reconnect with yeah. my culture background in such a way. So it was it was it was an amazing experience because I was able to kind of look back at my childhood and the stories that I have heard from my grandmothers and like in that way that there was already a connection that was starting with N's um, manuscript. That's, I mean, that's the universe, isn't it? With that <laughs> mighty hand making things connect because <laughs> you could go your entire career and not have a single moment or a single manuscript bring you back to your childhood in that way. Yeah. And then the invitation to help bring this story to other mm -hmm. children. What a beautiful thing. Yes. I, I love that we move from we move from one story into the next it's a story nested inside another yes that's true so to have the intimacy of a child with their parents mm -hmm. um in this case talking about not knowing how to tell time yeah and taking that into a journey story a retrieval story um where we encounter all of these different animals and we have the one of my favorite effects in your art, which <laughs> is because it's a diorama, but I yes. get giddy Soyeon, when <laughs> you blur, when things blur because the camera's mm -hmm. focused on the foreground. And so there's just yes. this like soft blur in particular of those mountains and, and how far off blur makes, makes destination feel. It's yes. Just wonderful. Um, tool you have at your disposal given the the way that you approach making art it's just is a, a great thing that happens <laughs> it is true and it's um it's one of the things that we play the most during our photo shoot because there's so many different ways that we can capture the image um depending on how we want to kind of show the image based on the message that we are we want to communicate and it's really um like playing with blurriness the depth of the field um yes. to show how deep this diorama might be or how far things might be like blur blurring things out and playing with the focus is a, a lot of um it's really important um with 
50 diorama photo shoots and also sometimes angle and a lot of times lightings too i think the lighting is the trickiest one oh. <laughs> it's uh, yeah it's sometimes like do we want to cast a shadow like how much shadow is good do we want soft or hard there's just so many things that we want to consider sometimes that like it takes like two full days just to take all the photos for the book. That's interesting. Usually. Wow. Yeah. And and with this book too, when you're talking about a passage mm -hmm. of time, because yeah. all of the different characters that the child runs into who mm -hmm. ultimately refuse to help the child are all saying, yeah. I'm, I'm refusing because, well, it's this time of day and this is when I do this. Yes. And now it's this time of day. But all <laughs> of that then, it, it's it's accented by you changing the background mm -hmm. color. We see the, the sky changing. Yes. But you're right, shadow then has to be mm -hmm. thought of in a different way still because yeah. the the sun moves in your book. <laughs> yeah, so that's one of definitely one of the things that we played with while we were, you know, following the time throughout the book and then playing with it. And another thing, another special thing about Once Upon an Hour is how you know how you mentioned there's a story within the story? Yeah. So to tell the difference from the story that was being told from like the current with the mom um, and the child versus the story that the mom was telling about the uh, this child looking for the Doraji flowers, yeah. I made I made a difference um, by creating the first spread and the last spread as like more of a three dimensional built structure yeah they are yeah and the rest of the story that the mom is telling um about the mountain and everything is all just um more of a flat drawing that were kind of layered inside the dioramas so it's the difference between those two uh of the storytelling within the story <laughs> i i think that it's beautiful to differentiate them so much in that mm -hmm. way and i think it's really lovely that as we scale this mountain, yeah. we see all of these different animals. I, I mean, I'm on a page now that um, that reads, when the sun rises, it's time for me to chase the moon away. Rabbit <laughs> disappeared into the dawn. When the sun peaks over the eastern horizon, it's time for me to greet its warmth. Dragon mm -hmm. flew off into the clouds. And then uh, when the sun climbs in the morning sky, I need to bask in its bright rays. Snake <laughs> rested on a rock to daydream we do have all of these different animals introduced and at the same time we also have this wonderful scale and always a look toward the mountain mm -hmm. and the mountain changes and and shifts and i think that i think that it's it's one of those that i can see where you're making more work for yourself because you don't just <laughs> recast the mountain over and over you keep making new vantage points of of, yeah. the, of the mountain but but the effect also of, mm -hmm. well, here's a beautiful thing. What does a mountain look like as the day passes? I mean, this is the same thing as when we watch um, time-lapse footage of mm -hmm. of things happening in nature where, where yeah. we're able to see mountains look different. I love mountains, which is why I keep coming back to it. But mountains look it's different <laughs> midday to morning to whatever. The, their, their literal color changes because yeah. of the way light reflects. And, and yes. there's just a whole lot of thoughtfulness that, that you've, you've brought 
to the mm-hmm. art that just is, you know, and also how do we make it so that we're not just staring at mountains all the time, but that it actually <laughs> it looks engaging and feels like a journey, a, yeah. a hard journey that the child has to mm-hmm. um, take up. It's just, yeah, I think it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, I think um, the mountains, I think, I think I was um, thinking about a lot about how I wanted to portray the mountains, especially for this book, because mountain plays that big part in the story. And it kind of always watches over the child and tries to protect the child in some way and try to help in some ways. But it's a contrast, isn't it? Because if you put something at the top of a mountain, Right away, we think mountain is the enemy. We need to conquer. We we use language like that. We have to conquer yeah. the mountain to get to the, the prize. Yeah. So I think it was, I just wanted to make sure that I can portray a mountain that's, um, that's, that's somewhat, that's still big, but still somewhat reachable for the child to, you know, do the adventure. And there might be some changes of, the look throughout the day and from there it might they might find something different and maybe it's a discovering different animals and how it might look and how they might do other things but yeah i really enjoyed um creating the mountains especially for the once upon an hour and i also took an inspiration from um how the mountains were portrayed back in korean traditional paintings yeah I can yeah. feel that nod, um, both in the the composition of the mountains, the shape, the round and tallness that almost looks like to me, especially at the mm-hmm. end when mountain was sort of at the end of that journey saying, we'll help you. It yeah. just, I can't help but see hands like pressed together in prayer. <laughs> that sort of thankfulness, that, that gratefulness, yeah. right? It's just, mm-hmm. th- that's something though that probably I'm putting myself onto it, but that's a beautiful thing. I, I also love our, our, our closing page when we're back mm-hmm. home has that wonderful, um, just that wonderful um, like calendar of the sun yes. passing through its cycle with animals marking it. It was one that I was picturing as I read and then was waiting for me in the end, which just mm-hmm. felt like one, why wouldn't it be waiting there? Why wouldn't that be? <laughs> the payoff, but also in that reality of that child's lived life, yeah. why wouldn't that story be one that we come back to over and over and have mm-hmm. a physical manifesta- manifestation of the story right in your room to think about over and over? I just thought yeah. front to back, it was really, really thoughtful execution on this book. It was really beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm watching our time fly by and yeah. I, the greatest place to end always is please just keep making amazing books and we'll all just keep <laughs> loving them. And I know you will. And I, I know we will. Um, but, but more, maybe what I should say is mm-hmm. thank you for committing yourself to your craft, to your art, to continuing to, to bring something new for readers eyes to look at and, and, and to, to read with our eyes and to to find our way through as we walk mm-hmm. through the story you 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 have a beautiful touch on on all the books you work on and 
it really was a pleasure to get to, to learn more about how you do it. Thank you, Soyeon. Oh, thank you for taking the time and also the opportunity to talk about um, the books that I have illustrated. It it always um I wish you know, I wish I could always show the dioramas in person too. And hopefully one day, um, it is kind of in my plan that um I might do an exhibition with all of the dioramas that I have created for the books, which I still have at home oh my goodness that's <laughs> <And> amazing <laughs> but uh, yes i i um i'm just thankful that i can share what i can create and i just hope that you know um this the dioramas will somehow and the illustrations from the book will inspire um for all the readers that are reading the book and have them spark their creativity to create their own too absolutely well on that mm -hmm. note let me give you an yeah. opportunity to speak directly to your readers and <laughs> we'll do it this way so and i will see a library full of children tomorrow yes. morning is there a message that i can bring to them from you mm, um i think my message is that you know like right now we live in such a weird time that is not normal but like what is really a normal time right and i think whenever there is uh, strange things that are happening around us there's always things that i think we can explore and keep us occupied with other things even you know it's like boredom it's okay to be bored and you start looking at things with more observation and then you get curious about other things and you get obsessed and then start doing some investigation or being curious and go and explore other things. I think it's okay to be, um, to take your time and, you know, find what you want to do and maybe read or get inspired by looking at some of the art I think it's important to express your curiosity and really um, think about how you can express yourself. So I hope to see maybe some of you can show me some of the artworks in the future and I'll be able to see, see uh, one of your artwork too. <laughs> or maybe it's a song or a book that you have written. This is Kari Lavelle, author of the book, We Move the World, a picture book illustrated by Nabi H. Ali that shares memorable moments in history and gives the youngest movers and shakers a chance to see how they can change their world through everyday actions. You can learn more about We Move the World by visiting karilavelle.com. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 650 episodes at matthewcwinner.com. Our theme music is by Poddington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. Want to help out the show? Become a patron at patreon.com slash matthewcwinner and your support and contributions will directly support and impact his work here. And always, writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed.
We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cosy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.